Last Tuesday, the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and Penn refused to say calling for genocide of the Jews is harassment. One report showed a 500% surge in anti-Semitic incidents globally compared to the same time frame last year. Well, with obvious global rise in anti-Semitism, we're going to discuss precursors to the Great Tribulation on this edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. I do thank you for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. And <clears throat> I've never seen in my life, personally, other than on uh, the internet and different things, a, a pro-Palestinian march. However, this past Saturday, just back over here behind our television studios at uh, Plano and Jupiter over here, there was a pro-Palestinian march. It was mostly Caucasian people, and they were calling for the uh, stop funding Israel, and they had the, pro the Palestinian flags and everything waving, and right here in, you know, just outside my neighborhood here, and it kind of brought everything to home. You know, when you see it on the internet, you think, well, that's miles away from here. It's in another city. But it's right here in the Dallas area. And I know they've been had huge protests and different things down in Dallas. So I was thinking about the, the mindset of the international community, what they're trying to push, and preparing the world for a mindset of what they would do to Israel in the future, uh, a, uh, another Jewish Holocaust coming, or the Great Tribulation. The Bible says that the Jews will come under a great persecution during that time. Well, you can see the international community being prepared for that. And it really brought it to light last Tuesday. Now, I went up to Jim Baker's last um, Wednesday, I was on his program on Thursday. We shot a couple programs up there in Branson. And he asked me, he said, Dave, he showed some different clips and different things on his program. And he said, Dave, how is it possible that the international community, that all, that, um, all of these people could be anti-Semitic? And when I say anti-Semitic, I want you to understand uh, a Shemite is both Arabs and Jews. But when, so somebody who's anti-Semitic would be technically anti-Jewish and anti-Arab. However, most of it is geared towards, when you think about anti-Semitism, you think about anti-Israel, anti-Zionism, anti-Jewish, right? So Jim Baker was asking me, he said, man, how did, how is, um, how is it that people believe that Israel shouldn't have a homeland there and and the, the international community is against Israel. And I said, Jim, the only people that can believe that is people who do not know their Bible, biblically illiterate people, and people who do not understand history. Because both the Bible and your history books will tell you 
that Israel, that that is their land. They are the indigenous people in that land, and it, it is their land and has been for at least 3,000 years. If you go biblically, 4,000 years when God promised Abraham that. So, but what happened here recently really brought it to light with the colleges, some of the top colleges in the country. MIT, uh, what's that, would that be the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, the um, Penn University, and the, um, who was it, Harvard, the presidents of all three of them colleges, uh, they said that, well, hey, do you guys uh, agree that genocide is wrong? That calling for the, the, you know, the destruction of the Jews, do you believe that that is wrong? And they said, well, it depends on the context. Now, really? So, what is genocide? Well, genocide is an internationally recognized crime where acts are committed with the intent to destroy or in part or in whole, by whole, or a, um, a national, ethnic, racial, or religious group. You want to kill them off. And these acts fall into five categories. Either killing the members of the group, causing a serious bodily or mental harm to the members of that group, deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about a physical, its physical destruction in part or in whole, imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. I mean, this is horrific stuff, right? And forcibly transferring children of the group to another group. The children. Now, think about these leaders, these presidents of these colleges. They said, do you believe genocide is wrong? And they said, well, it depends on the context. You've got to be kidding me. Who could answer? Now, I know that one of the college, there, the president's, has resigned and they're pushing for the, the Harvard College to resign as well. And, but the MIT, I don't think she's going to. And I don't know if the Harvard one will either, but I, what I'm talking about is the mindset of people against the Jews and this global, um, kind of a global ideology that there would be people who could persecute the Jews again like they did, say, back in the Holocaust. Now you say, Dave, I don't know if it's going to go there. Look, I know it's going to go there. The Bible tells us it's going to go there, and I'm going to prove that to you today. But the origin of the term genocide, what in the world, where'd that come from? Genocide. You know, the, we hear these words and we think, what in the world does that mean? Well, the word genocide didn't exist prior to 1944. It's a very specific term, and it was coined by a Polish-Jewish lawyer named... Raphael Lemkin, and he sought to describe Nazi policies of systematic murder during the Holocaust, including the destruction of European Jews. Well, he formed the word genocide because he, was, he combined the word geno from the Greek word for race or tribe with, the, with side from the Latin word for killing. So killing a race or a tribe or wiping out a people. So these three leaders of these colleges, they asked, Stefanik asked them, hey, do you guys believe that, it is, that um, genocide is okay? And they said, well, it depends on the context. And I'll get into that in a little bit more detail in just a moment as well. But it's this mindset globally.
that people could actually get into a, an anti-Semitic uh, mindset. And it's a precursor to the Great Tribulation. Most of the world will be anti-Semitic at that time. Now, before we get deep off into this, let me mention First Cup Coffee. You know, you can imagine, we're, we work around the clock. Uh, trying to keep up with all of the news from a prophetic perspective. We're certainly energized and motivated by our God-given purpose, but it's awful nice to have a good cup of coffee, right? To help fuel that um, drive when you get up in the morning. Well, these guys, uh, First Cup Coffee, they are the Christian, they're a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company right out of the great state of Texas. They've got several different roasts to choose from. So, Support them, and by doing that, buying their coffee, you're going to support End Time Ministries and our endeavors to preach and teach the gospel around the planet. Go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll actually give you another 10% off. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get your 10% off today. And it's actually really, really good coffee. I drink it every morning up here, and it's awesome. Okay. So, times of Israel. <clears throat> We're talking about this global mindset of anti-Semitism. It's a precursor to the Great Tribulation, everybody. I mean, think about the most persecuted group of individuals on the planet right now. There's Christians and there's Jews. <clears throat> the Bible specifically says that during the Great Tribulation, Jews and Christians will be the ones that face the most of Satan's wrath. Say, Satan's wrath, what are you talking about? I'm going to get to that in just a second as well. But the Times of Israel, they said, they reported that in a high-profile congressional hearing Tuesday, last Tuesday evening, and I, was go I, was, I left as this was happening. I went to, up to Jim Baker's on Wednesday, but the, and so I wasn't able to report on this. But last Tuesday evening, the presidents of three of the top universities in the United States refused to explicitly say that calls for genocide of the Jewish people that, that violated their campus rules on harassment. Now, these are supposedly some of the top colleges in the nation. And when New York Republican Representative Elise Stefanik, she asked them directly, she's calling for the Jew, the genocide of Jews, she said, is that against the codes of conduct of Harvard the MIT and the University of Pennsylvania, all three presidents said that the answer depends on the context. So, it, uh, Penn, uh, the Penn University of Pennsylvania president, Liz McGall, she said it is a context-dependent decision, and she, which led Stefanik to reply, calling for the genocide of Jews is dependent upon context. You've got to be kidding me. That's not bullying or harassment? This is the easiest question to answer yes, Miss McGill. Well, responding to that same question, Harvard President Claudine Gay said, well, when speech crosses into conduct, then we take action. So, calling for the annihilation of Jews on the planet. They say, is that wrong? And these ladies answered, well, it depends on the context. MIT President Sally Kornbluth, she said such language would only be investigated 
as harassment if pervasive and severe. And yet the presidents roundly agreed that anti-Semitism was a serious problem on their campuses and had grown more severe since, of course, the Hamas October 7th murderous attack on Israel and the start of the Israeli war against the terror group in the Gaza Strip. Now, I want you to understand, like we do everything else, I'm coming at this from a prophetic perspective. And I know what's coming in the near future. The Great Tribulation. And you can see how the Jews have suffered. They suffered. They were banished from their homeland and the, the exile uh, back just after the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. Decades after that, they were exiled. And then they were in about an 1800 and what? 78 year exile. And then when they came out of the Holocaust, they came back into um, Israel's homeland. God drew them back miraculously, Ezekiel 37. But the Bible says there's going to be another Jewish Holocaust in the future. And you can see the mindset of these individuals. Now, the, the, the presidents of these colleges, they did say that it is you know, abhorrent behavior and things like that. But still, when you're asked a question, what about the, do you believe that the um, genocide, calling for genocide against the Jews is wrong? They would say, well, it believes on the context. I mean, you should absolutely say, absolutely it's wrong to call for the genocide of any people. However, Kornbluff, the leader of the MIT, she said, I know some Israeli and Jewish students, they do feel unsafe on campus as they bear the horror of the Hamas attacks and the history of anti-Semitism, these students have been pained by chance in recent demonstrations. The president's testimony, all three of them, came amid increased tensions on college campuses nationwide since pro-Palestinian students or faculty, including at these three universities, represented at the hearing, made headlines for speech and actions on campus that a range of critics have called anti-Semitic or inappropriate. Last Tuesday's hearing, which lasted for more than five hours and was called by the House Education and Workforce Committee, was at least the fourth the, um, the Republican-led House has held on the subject of campus anti-Semitism since October 7th, since my wife and I and our tour group were stuck in Israel in the beginning of this war. So but it was the first to summon university presidents to testify. So it came on the same day that the House endorsed the resolution initiated by the two Jewish Republicans in Congress that equates anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism, which is to believe that Israel has a right to a homeland in the Middle East, okay? And that those people should be there and have a right to be there. So, because some people would say, well, we're not anti-Jewish, we're just anti-Zionism, right? But the Congress, the Congress, um, it was equating anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism. So schools have faced legal action and have lost out on donations because there's been some blowback from what these college professors did, or these college presidents did, from these Jewish and pro-Israel advocates for their response to anti-Israel activism on campus, leading some to suspend pro-Palestinian student groups. And none of the three universities represented on the panel 
have suspended any of these groups, though. So you understand that um, war erupted between Israel and Hamas after the Hamas-led October 7th massacres, in which 3,000 terrorists burst through the, the Gaza border into Israel and from the Gaza Strip of land down there in the south of Israel, they came by land, air, sea, and they killed about, 20, about 1,200 people. They seized about 240 hostages and of all ages under the cover of a deluge of thousands of rockets fired at Israel, towns, and cities. We were there when it happened. <clears throat> and the vast majority of those killed as gunmen seized border communities. They were civilians including babies, children, the elderly. Entire families were executed in their homes, and over 360 were slaughtered at an outdoor festival, many amid horrific acts of brutal uh, violence by the terrorist. Animalistic behavior. So, <clears throat> it's very important that we understand the mindset that would go along with all of this. It, sometimes you can get so far into the trees you can't see the forest, right? But again, and this is the way you should learn to do and read your news and understand what's going on. <clears throat> you got to step back and look at this through the eyes of Bible prophecy because I'm telling you, once you know what's coming in the future, you can say, oh my goodness, now I understand. This is what's going on in the world. I can see where it's headed. I understand what's going on. I don't agree with it. I'm going to win souls. I'm going to build the kingdom of God. I'm going to preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God because I can see the prophetic fulfillment is like a big funnel. And there are many things that were supposed to have happened that have already happened, but now we're coming down to the end of the funnel here. And everything is supposed to happen. It's like it's all converging at the same time, and it's happening very fast, and we're all coming down to the end of this tunnel. Think of it, of this funnel. Think of it like that. And it's just one thing. I mean, world government, world religion, uh, precursors of the mark of the beast, precursors of this great... Uh, tribulation situation, anti-Semitism, anti-Christian uh, ideologies. And it's just one thing right after another. Uh, the, the efforts, the World War III that's coming, efforts to a peace agreement, and precursors to a great entire revival. I've had people ask me about, you know, the, the United States is so horrible and uh, many things, you know, God's going to judge us and destroy the United States. The United States may be judged somewhat. However, God does not pour His judgments out on His people. The Bible says we're not appointed under the wrath of God. God doesn't pour His judgment out on people that are righteous and born again. So, the Bible says where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. So yeah, the United States is headed sideways in a lot of ways. But the fact of the matter is, is that where, where there's great chaos and turmoil and different things like that, that's a great place to have a revival, right? Because many people will turn to God during those times. And even, I know there are many people that are walking in a different direction than God. They've taken God. But I was talking to somebody just before I came on the program today. And we were talking about all the different things going on in the world. And I said, look, you can't ever take God out of the equation. When you do that, you're stuck. We've got, listen, folks, just let's, let me put the program aside for a second and just talk to you. I have people asking me all the time, what do I do? How are we going to live? How are we going to make it through the end times? Uh, you know, the, the, the United States could be hit by a nuclear attack. Um, you know, what about if the mark of the beast is primarily implemented or if it's, you know, 
in some ways implemented here in the United States. What are we going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm trusting God. And I know that sounds like some far-fetched Wizard of Oz type stuff, but not to somebody who's living for God. I read Romans. Let me just read you something real quick. I hadn't planned on doing this, but you guys need to hear this. I read to our staff this morning, Romans chapter 8. If you want to go there, I want you to go there real quick. Go to Romans chapter 8. I'm going to the King James Version, which is primarily what we use here. I'm not saying all of them are super bad, but I mean 99.9% .9 of what we use is the King James Version. Go to Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Do you, are you walking after the Spirit? Th these are biblical principles that we should be living by through these end times. Once the apostles were, were born again, the, the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, and um, they, they had to learn to live, they had to learn to be led by the Spirit of God. Okay? And while Jesus was here on the earth, He was leading and guiding them. They looked to Him. But when He ascends into heaven, then hey, they've got to, they've got to, um, they've got to be led by the Spirit of God after that point, right? Well, Romans says, but at that, that who walk not after the flesh, but, af, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now this is talking about the born again plan of salvation. Then it goes on to say, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You say, hold on a minute, Dave. What in the world are you talking about? Walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We still have a fleshly body. We absolutely do. I have a fleshly body. I have to eat. I've got to drink uh, liquids. I've got, to, I, I've got to sustain myself to the coming of the Lord, or should I go by the way of the grave? Yeah, we all have a body. But the thing is, is that when it talks about living after the flesh or living after the Spirit, when a person becomes born again, you start living for the Lord and say, Lord, I want you to not only be my Savior, but I want you to be my Lord. Be the Lord of my life. I want to align my life up to the Word of God, and I want to start walking by your principles. I want to start living the way you want me to live. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to do what you want me to do. So then you quit living after the flesh, not my... Um, my own lusts and desires and different things. What do I want? I want to know what Jesus Christ wants. Jesus, what would you have me to do? What is your purpose for my life? And so I'm not walking after my own flesh, but I'm walking after the Spirit. You understand what's going on? I, you have a daily prayer life, and you're seeking God's face and saying, God, how would you want me to live? Now, when we get off into the, when we're going through these end times in the future, that's how we're going to have to live. I, I can't give you a step one, two, three, four, five, how we're going to make it through the end time. I can't do that. I'm being led by the Spirit as we go along. And God is, I've lived that way for years. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, lived that way for 60 years. He got saved when he was about uh, 13, 14 years old. So he lived that way for almost 60, a little over 60 years. 
And God never failed him one time. And that's the way we live our lives here at End Time Ministries. I'm being led by the Spirit. We have a daily prayer line, seeking God's face. I, I wish, I mean, and there will be times when I can say, hey, here's what we're doing, and, you know, you don't have to do this, but I would almost kind of recommend it. But we're going to have to live through some of these things as we go. I know a lot of people are saying, man, go buy a chicken farm and raise your own this, that, and the other, and, you know, store up on stuff. Look, there's nothing wrong with any of that. And that's not, that's not what it's talking about by when it says live after the flesh. Living after the flesh is my own fleshly desires. I want to run my own life and I don't want God to run anything. Now that's living after the flesh. But living after the Spirit and walking after the Spirit, you've got a daily prayer life and you're saying, God, I'm studying your word and I want you to be the Lord of my life. Show me what you want me to do in these times just ahead. And guess what? God will open doors and you'll say, oh my goodness, God's leading and guiding my life. He's doing it for me right now, everybody. You, wanna, you want a, um, a, a, a guide for what to do in the end time? Jesus Christ. He's the answer to everything. You need to be born again? Jesus Christ. You need uh, a healing in your body? The Bible says everything you do in word or deed, do in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay? You need a financial miracle. Ask Jesus. You need uh, uh, him to heal your marriage. Ask Jesus. You say, my marriage is too far gone. No, it's not. You say, no, Dave, I thought we were on anti-Semitism. I said to you I was going to put the program on hold for a minute and just talk to you. When you're led by the Spirit of God, and you're asking God to lead and guide your life. You may have made some mistakes. Everybody on this planet has made a mistake. Yet you say, yeah, but I know my pastors never made a mistake. Come on. I know a lot of pastors. They're doing the best they can, but occasionally one will make a mistake. Okay? I'm living for God to the best of my ability. But occasionally I'll make a mistake. I get down on my knees, I repent, and I ask God to help me. And in a marriage, you can make a mistake. God can heal that. God can absolutely heal your marriage. It's not too far gone. Wow, man, I'm, what, how in the world did I get on this? I'm supposed to be talking about end-time anti-Semitic uh, tribulation. But the thing is, is a lot of people want to know this. How, how should I prepare for the times just ahead? Yeah, there are some things that would be considered apocalyptic. A World War III, think about that. How are we going to make it through that? What are we going to do? We're going to trust God, everybody. That's how it works. And God will bring us through. God's never failed me one time. I've failed Him thousands of times. But He's never failed me once, ever. So I'm trusting Him. And I'm putting my hope and faith and trust in God. And I know He's going to lead and guide us by His Spirit. So we're all going to walk through this together. And we need to learn to be led by the Spirit of God. We're following the cloud like Moses did. That's what we're doing in these end times. As a viewer of the End Time Show, you're getting early access to Christmas deals starting right now. Do you remember that feeling you had as a kid during the holidays? What experiences and gifts would you receive this year? Well, the atmosphere at End Time is nearly the same. We're excited because these deals are now available through the end of 2023. Why are we so thrilled? Because we know these resources transform lives 
That's even more fun than Christmas, especially in these tough times. For the remainder of 2023, you can get deals like a special VIP group video call with Dave Robbins when you get Understanding the End Time. End Time Plus subscription for 50% off, or my personal favorite, a $10 and under sale for almost 100 different products featuring Irvin Baxter, Dave Robbins, and more. Go to endtime.com deals for a full catalog of items. You can also call 800-END-TIME. Hurry, supplies are limited. Go to endtime.com deals today. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back, everybody. Um, okay, talking about precursors of the Great Tribulation, right? And so uh, we're going to be trusting God. Now, again, a way to possibly help throughout some of these times, and a lot of people are going to this. Let me talk to you about Birch Gold. Uh, world government enthusiasts are obviously wanting to push all these digital central bank digital currencies, digital IDs on the populations of the world, and they're doing a lot of things right now at that COP28 meeting, controlling meat and all kinds of different things. Well, they could even allow the officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze or seize part of your money, giving the government control over your finances. So there are some concerned Americans that are diversifying their assets into physical gold using Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held to a tax-sheltered retirement account, go to birchgold.com slash endtime to get your free info kit on gold. If you've got maybe an IRA or a 401k from a previous employer just gathered, gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert that into an IRA in gold and you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. So go to birchgold.com slash endtime and claim your free info kit on gold today. Now. We've talked about some of the, the rise in anti-Semitism in the world today. It didn't just start with the October 7th attack because the, it has been rising over the last several years, anti-Semitic attacks and many different things have happened. And you've heard Iran, the head of the snake over there in the Middle East, they've been calling for the destruction. They have celebrations occasionally calling for the destruction of Israel. And, and now you don't get any more anti-Semitic than that, right? But I'm talking about since October 7th, we have had hundreds of thousands of people in the United States protesting Israel. So it, it's, it puts me, if I look at it from a prophetic perspective, I look at it in the mind of what's coming, precursors to the Great Tribulation. That'll be the mindset of the this end time crew, the Antichrist, and, and different, the Antichrist is going to be anti-Semitic. You say, well, 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 hold on a second. He's got to be, you don't come against Israel and bring an, a, a national group of individuals, an international group of, of armies down against Israel without being anti-Semitic. 
You can't, there's no way. So, he won't seem like that in the beginning, but there will become a time because the Antichrist is going to cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease and claim to be God himself. And the Jews, any religious Jew, that's going to be diametrically opposed to what they believe because there's only one true God. Hear, O Israel, Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And it's not going to be that guy standing there on the, in the temple claiming to be God. And they know that. Jesus Christ warned of that. So, the writers of the New Testament, they teach us that over the course of our Christian life that we will suffer tribulations, right? They said it just that's what's going to happen. However, that's not what I'm talking about. The Bible prophesies there will be a specific time of great tribulation just prior to the Battle of Armageddon. And it's going to be a period of persecution that's going to be worse than any other time throughout human existence. Prophecies also foretell that Jews and Christians will be the main recipients of this persecution. Already, they're, they're, they, the Jews and Christians are the two most persecuted groups on the earth. So the stage for the Great Tribulation is already being set. You know, where's the Bible talk about the Great Tribulation? Well, many places. Jesus prophesied about the Great Tribulation in Matthew 20, uh, 24, verse 15 through 16. He said, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, back in Daniel 9, 27, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea, or the modern-day West Bank, flee into the mountains. So today... Judea, um, or the West Bank, this is the territory captured by Israel in the 1967 Six Days War. And it's also the area that will become a Palestinian state in a future peace agreement between the Palestinians and the Israelis. And currently there are approximately, what, 400,000 Jews living out in the West Bank under Israel protection. That's not including those that live in East Jerusalem. The question is, what will happen to them once a peace agreement is signed and the area becomes Palestinian territory? Now, uh, well, let me, I want to make sure we go back to something here. I want to try to remember to go back here because I want to talk to you about this Mahdiism. I'm writing a giant article on the, the uh, Green Horsemen and World War III and this Mahdiism and what happened with the Abraham Accords and... October 7 and all that, because I'm going to tie all that into my article that's coming out in the Jan, Feb, and the March, April issue of End Time Magazine, and I'm going to be teaching it at my conferences next year. So it has been proposed that these Jews living out here in the Palestinian region, if they choose to remain there, that they'll live there in the new Palestinian state as a Jewish minority. Netanyahu has said that. However, this arrangement is only going to last for three and one half years after the peace agreement is signed. And that's the time that the abomination of desolation is going to occur when the Antichrist will stand in a third Jewish temple proclaiming himself to be God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. So Jesus prophesied that when the Jews living in the West Bank, when they see this event happen, that they should run for their lives because something about the abomination of desolation it's going to launch Judea into a time of great persecution. It's going to be another Jewish holocaust.
Matthew 24, 21 tells us, For then shall be great tribulation, or a great persecution, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time no nor ever shall be. So this is where we get the term great tribulation. But there are many other scriptures that describe the exact same event. Uh, 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 this specific timing of the tribulation is foretold many times throughout scripture. If you look at um, Daniel 7, 25, the Bible says, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time, times, and the dividing of time. That's three and one and a half years. So Daniel 7.25 tells us that the Antichrist will persecute the saints for time, times, and the dividing of time, and that equals three and one half years. We know this because this exact same event is prophesied about in Revelation 13.5 through 7. But it says it like this. And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given to him to continue 42 months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell therein. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given to him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. So this passage states that the Antichrist is going to persecute the saints for 42 months, which is also three and one half years. And then, you know, there are many that, that a, lot of, a lot of prophecy teachers teach that, and that they say that the, um, their, their, their teachings are based on a seven-year tribulation period. However, these two scriptures, they clearly tell us the tribulation only lasts three and one half years. And there, there are many scriptures that teach us that. Okay? Now, I said before, What's some of the physical ways that we might be able to prepare for some of this stuff? There's nothing wrong with having some things put back in type of any kind of emergency. I mean, we're talking about the Great Tribulation here, but still, any kind of catastrophe. I mean, that's what I'm going to bring up, Ready Pantry. You know, as Americans, we want to believe that the grocery stores are always going to be full, and especially with what's going on with the uh, COP28 and them trying to control your food. You've got to go read some of the articles on that. I'll try to maybe cover some of that tomorrow. But they're trying to control farmland and all kinds of stuff here in the United States. A lot of that's coming out of that COP28 meeting that they had, the Conference of Parties. Supposed to be a climate change thing, but they've got religions involved and all kinds of stuff. They're trying to control us here in the United States as well. And we've got globalists in the White House that are signing on to all this stuff. So, you know, we looked a few years ago about the at least supply chain and how they could quickly collapse and food supplies could diminish. But we've got to do the best we can, right? So what if there was a way that you could have an affordable three-month energy supply of food? Uh, well, there is. Readypantry.com slash endtime offers amazing 25-year shelf-stable food. And they've got all kinds. They've got breakfast, lunch, dinner, and desserts. Ready Pantry. It's an American-based company. All the products are sourced right here in America. It's not coming from Wuhan, China, so everybody just relax. And many long-term food storage companies on the Internet, they're selling things that have been on their shelves for years. So you think you're getting a 25-year deal, but what if it's been on their shelf for 10 years? Then what? Well, Ready Pantry is delivering the finest products packaged within a couple months of being delivered to your home. So you, can, you have a peace of mind there. 
Also, Ready Pantry offers discounts up to 20% off for 3 to 12 month supplies. So go to readypantry.com slash endtime, use code endtime, and save an additional 10% off on top of that. Plus, you never pay shipping on all orders. Stock your pantry even with buy now, pay later options available at checkout by going to readypantry.com slash endtime. Now, when we talk about this, uh, the Great Tribulation, it's talked about over and over and over in the prophecies of the Bible, you guys. Let's talk about the war in heaven. That, that's another very dramatic view of the Great Tribulation. It's found in Revelation 12. If you go to Revelation 12, 7 through 8, uh, we're told that Satan and his angels launch a war against God and his angels. This is going to be Satan's last-ditch effort to overthrow God before he himself is bound in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. So Satan is going to be defeated in this war in heaven, his punishment for this ultimate rebellion. It's going to be his uh, banishment from appearing in heaven and his confinement to the earth. Some people cannot wrap their mind around the fact that Satan still has access to heaven, but he absolutely does. Okay? Bible calls him, he's the accuser of the brethren day and night. Until this time that it happens, Satan has enjoyed access to heaven and he, where he regularly accuses God's people. And uh, remember back when he accused Job, back in Job chapter 1. Okay? So the casting down of Satan is described in Revelation 12, 10. Uh, it says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. So Satan's confinement to the earth is recorded in verse 12 and 13. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in him therein. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, because the devil is coming down in you, having great wrath. Because he knows that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast out unto the earth, he persecuted the woman, which is Israel, and which brought forth the man-child. So you got to learn several things from this passage. Uh, what happens? Well, when it happens, Satan knows that he only has a short time left. So he's filled with great wrath. That's the important point here. It's Satan, the great tribulation, Satan's wrath. Many people, many, many people on TV and radio teach that the great tribulation is the wrath of God. It absolutely is not. You're gonna be very screwed up when you try to, to look at the book of Revelation from that perspective. And so we wanna make sure we get these wraths right. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me, and I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? the lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. 
now streaming on Endtime Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 Endtime. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. time is not going anywhere. So when, Satan, when this war in heaven happens, three and a half years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ in the Battle of Armageddon, it's Satan's wrath. He comes down to the earth and he's just filled with wrath. And he launches great persecution upon the earth, specifically against the woman which is Israel. The woman described earlier in the chapter in Revelation 12 with the, the, um, a crown of 12 stars on her head. That's Israel. The 12 stars are the 12 tribes of Israel. Then Revelation 12, 14 uh, tells us what happens next. And to the woman, Israel, were given two wings of a great eagle, the United States, in end-time Bible prophecy, that she might fly into the wilderness into her place, Israel proper, where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the face of the serpent, which would be the Antichrist and his world-governing army and Satan, uh, driven by Satan himself. Israel is going to be protected by two wings of a great eagle. She's going to fly into her place, and she will be protected there during the Great Tribulation. And we're told the, great, the length of the Great Tribulation, three and one-half years. Again, there are no scriptures in the Bible for a seven-year tribulation, not one. There is a final seven-year period, but Jesus specifically told us in Matthew 24 that Great Tribulation period would not begin until you see the abomination of desolation occur halfway through that final seven-year period, okay? So once you can start laying all these things out in your mind, then you can say, oh my goodness, this stuff actually makes sense. There's actually going to be a post-tribulation rapture. The uh, rapture, the, 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 the pre-tribulation theory that is based on, a lot of people based on the, an ancient Jewish wedding, it, the, the theory completely falls apart when you understand that that's based on a seven-year Great Tribulation period. But there's no scriptures in the Bible for a Great Tribulation period, right? You say, well, what are you doing, Dave, trying to disprove everybody? No, I'm trying to get the truth of the Bible taught is what we're trying to get here because I want you to understand and have the right mindset going off into these end times. There are, there's no scriptures in the Bible for a pre-tribulation rapture, not one. The Bible doesn't say anywhere that the rapture happens before the Great Tribulation. Not one place. It does, however, say immediately after the tribulation of those days, 
will be the sun be darkened, moon shall not give her light, stars will fall from heaven, the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the sign of the, of the coming of the Son of Man, and he will send his angels with the sound of a great trumpet to gather his elect unto him. Now that's the rapture, and Jesus said that would happen immediately after the tribulation of those days. So you've got to get the war in heaven right, the, the wrath of Satan right, the wrath of God right, the, 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 the final seven years of the Daniel's 70th week. What starts that final seven years? What happens during the first three and one half? What happens at the midway point? What happens during the final three and one half? What happens at the, at the end of that final seven years? And when you can lay all that out, then you could look at what the news is saying and say, oh my goodness, we're headed straight for that final seven year period. I'm watching precursors to all of it. The Great Tribulation, the, the establishment of a world government, the establishment of a world religion. They've got the, the, the main re, religions of the planet at a COP28 United Nations climate summit. What in the world is Pope Francis and this, the, the, the leading imam and Al-Taib and all these other um, main religions, what are they doing there? Why are they signing documents that we will advocate for this climate hoax? Why are they doing that? Because they're, being, they're weaponized by the world governing body to push the false narrative of human-induced global warming which leads to climate change because they're trying to redistribute the wealth of the world. Now that's the narrative of COP28. Now that's not the one that you'll see on the nightly news, but that's really what's going on. We're watching precursors to the end time. We're, we're living in the end time, but like I said, we're coming down to the end of the funnel here. I, I don't even have to sensationalize this, guys. It is, everything is happening so fast. And the, the, the mindset of the planet, because of the propaganda that's coming from the United Nations and many other different things, from Iran, from all, all of this, it all stems from this ideology. And I believe that it's Satan against God. It, it's a, this is spiritual warfare. The Bible says we don't war against flesh and, flesh and blood. Israel is warring right now against the spirits that control Hamas. And an ideology, but they're controlled by spirits. There's no way you can go in, I don't care who you are on the planet, there's no way you can go in and do what those people did to the Israels, Israelites, Israelis, I'm sorry, to that what they did to them on October 7th, there's no way a human being with a finite mind could do that. You've got to be controlled by some kind of spirit. And it's a demonic spirit. And so you can see precursors to what, what's headed in the near future. There will be people that will be willing to pull off another Jewish Holocaust. They'll have those spirits roaming around in their head and controlling them. So, the Great Tribulation, it's the wrath of Satan, it's not the wrath of God. The wrath of God is going to be poured out later at the Battle of Armageddon, that's Revelation 16, the vials of the wrath of God. But when Satan's bound to the earth, three and one half years before that, 
He tries to get at the Jews in Israel, and he can't. And he's, in a, he's then going to resort to persecuting Jews and Christians around the world. Now, there is going to be a Holocaust out in the West Bank, Judea, Samaria, scripturally. Jesus specifically, in Matthew 24, he warned them in Judea to flee. They're not going to flee over into Jordan, down into southern Petra. Not, that's, that would be a suicide mission for them. They're going to flee into Israel proper. Zechariah says that Judah will be fighting in Jerusalem at the Battle of Armageddon. So there's going to be great persecution out there. And now, now that you understand this, you can understand why End Time Ministries has a college in Jerusalem and that we're going to be working to warn the Jews that live out in that region. That's why when the final seven years hits, we're going to mail a magazine to every home in Israel, warning them what's coming. And then three years in, we're going to do a mass effort to try to warn the Jews out in the Palestinian region, you guys are going to need to flee. Some of them won't flee. Some of them are going to be slaughtered out there. But there will be many that do flee. And they're going to look back and they're going to say, wow, the Word of God, the God of heaven saved my life, my physical life. Now I want Him to save me spiritually. Many of them need an act like that. And I've seen, I've seen many of them make a transition and start recognizing that Jesus was in fact the Messiah. You say, well, that's impossible with Jews. No, it's not. It absolutely is not. I've seen it happen many times, many, many times. And so this is going to be our, one, one of our jobs in the end time. And I know a lot of you understand that and you have supported that and I'm very thankful for that. Thank you very much. Because listen, what's our goal here? What's our goal here in these end times? Is it to make tons of money, buy bigger houses? No. Is it for me to get, uh, you know, just build my own kingdom and forget everybody else? No. That's not my goal, folks. That's not the goal of end time ministries. My goal and the goal of end time ministries is people. My goal is to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God to the entire world before the end comes. Because there is coming an end. We're staring it right in the face. I, I, if, we, uh, if we only have a few years left, it's still like a vapor. I mean, COVID was 2020. That was three years. That's over three years ago now. Think about that. We're almost to 2020. We're a few days from 2024. And so we're staring, we're staring right at the second coming and the battle of Armageddon. I mean, even if we have, so we haven't started the final seven years left. I know we got seven years left at least, but that's nothing. That is nothing. That's going to rip off like so fast you can't even imagine. I mean, think about it. What happened to 2023? We just started it yesterday, it seems like. And now here we are going into 2024. I just prepared my PowerPoint for my lessons at my prophecy conferences last December. I mean, Boom. I, I mean, I, we've ripped through this year, and now I'm preparing my next one for 2024. I mean, it's just rolling by me. And many, many doors are opening for end-time ministries. I want you all to know that. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being, trying to be led by the Spirit of God and which ones to walk through and which ones to say, no, I don't need to do that because not every, not every opportunity is of God. And I know that. 
And so I'm trying to discern. God help me to know which opportunities we should do and which ones we should say, nope, that's not for me. Because what are we doing? I'm talking about being led by the Spirit of God in these end times. We talk about the Great Tribulation and anti-Semitism, the rise of that in the world. There's some things I won't get to today, but talking about the, the, there was one article that I found that said the rise in anti-Semitism is up 500% over what it was this time last year. Anti-Semitic incidents that have happened in reports and different things. 500%, guys. And then look at all the protests and different things that are happening here in the United States and in Europe and around the world and different things. And now what these three um, university presidents said that, well, I mean, do you believe that um, calling for the destruction of all the Jews, that that is okay? And they said, well, it depends on the context. Instead of, yes, it's horrible. Uh, it's, it's a horrific thing. They said it was abhorrent, but at the end of the day, they still said, well, it depends, you know, do you believe that's free speech or whatever? And they said, uh, it depends on the context. No. Calling for the destruction of, a, of a, 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 a millions of people, that, I don't care what context it's in. That's no, that's a no. And so, wow, man, are we living in the end times? I got so much more. I got a ton more to go over with you tomorrow. So we'll, we'll get back with you guys. But certainly want you to know we love you. We're praying for you. We pray for you guys every day. And we're all going through this together. This is the end times. We're not going to escape it. We're going to go through this together. But you cannot take God out of the equation. A lot of people have done that, so they're scared. But don't take God out of the equation. God's going to be with us every step of the way. I know He is, because that's how I live my life. And God's helping me. And God's leading and guiding and directing me. So we're all going to walk through this together. God bless you, and we love you all.